Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Discussions. I'm your host, Matthew LaCroix, and today I have a very special guest and the first female I've ever had on my podcast, which is long overdue. Um, she's a personal friend of mine and someone I work with. Her name is Julia Eve Flores. Now, Julia is a professionally trained actress, a writer, an aspiring narrative uh, feature filmmaker, and she's the founder of the nonprofit organization called Conscious Performers Collective. And she's also an associate producer of original content at Gaia, which is how I got a chance to meet her. So Julia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be the first woman. Well, it's long overdue. And I know a lot of people have pointed that out and I apologize, but I'm glad you're here now. And I think you'll be a good voice for the divine feminine energy that needs to arise more in this world. Um, so today we're going to be talking about your story and um, what got you to this point. We're going to be talking about expanded consciousness, the nature of reality, past life regression, um, and some of the work you've done to teach and inspire others. Um, some of your spiritual workshops, your inspirational videos, and your mystical journey, as I guess we could say, that's really gotten to this point. So um, without further ado, why don't you go ahead and just introduce everybody to yourself in terms of how you got started in your story, and maybe a little bit about um, some of the interesting components that got you on this path. Yes, I will. All right. So where to start? Well, I was, let's start in the very human physical way, right? I was born in New York City. I don't sound like I'm from here. Um, my father is Bolivian, my mom's Dutch. So I think my, my early years were very marked by moving back and forth. So I lived in New York City. I lived in La Paz in Bolivia. And then I moved to Amsterdam, New York, where I, uh, Amsterdam, New York, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, where I spent most of my time growing up. Um, I guess as a child, I had interesting interests, um, unusual interests. You know, most people maybe would talk about their guinea pig when they had a presentation at seven years old. And I wanted to talk about Atlantis and crystals and nobody knew where that came from. And I didn't even realize that was weird, you know. Um, so I was always interested, I guess, in the esoteric, in the uh, ancient civilizations. Um, and around 14, I would say, and I was living in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, um, went to a regular Dutch school. I started teaching people in my class um, how to see auras. And strangely enough, that was super accepted. Like my teachers were just like, okay, you know, and we would stand against the wall, one of us, and I would teach them how to see auras around each other. Um, I started getting interested in meditation, in yoga, um, very, very, very into philosophy. Like I was definitely a geek, like geeking out on why, what is this universe, like obsessed with space? Um, how does this all function? Why are we here? And I was very blessed to have um, in the Netherlands, the education is top-notch and free, you know, which is awesome. So I had a very classical education. I had Latin and I had the classics. I had philosophy and astrophysics. So our intellect was very, very nurtured. And we were called the why children because we were the children um, the teens that were always asking, but why, but why, but why, you know? Yeah. So, um, so that was amazing. And I was acting this whole time. I always knew I wanted to be a storyteller. Um, and I was always interested in philosophical subjects. So I wrote my first play in English, which I didn't really speak at seven, which was a derivative of Harry Potter. And then in English, broken English, um, and then from there on, you know, I started performing, writing, directing, casting, doing everything essentially, of course, with other people, but kind of being the driving force behind these projects. Um, and then around 17, I won this, like, it was like a national youth theater competition. And I wrote, a, um, I guess, like, a sh not really a play, like a short scene, because um, that's what we were allowed to do about, that was very philosophical in nature. And that's when I started realizing, oh, I think this is probably what I'm meant to be doing, you know, asking these big questions, exploring these biggest subjects in a playful and um, entertaining and transporting type of way. So that was that. So that's kind of the background. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unusual, I would say. Um, but I'm in a good way, though, because I mean, that's really what makes us who we are, right? Being being that at our core at a young age, it's not something yeah. that we just, oh, that sounds like an interesting 
type of archetype to go down and explore. It's just who you are, right? It's, the yes. thing. it's who you are at your core and you're more or less exploring why you are that way and what the, the purpose of feeling like, like that is. And I think that's really amazing. And I think it um, would probably resonate with a lot of people that feel more unusual and strange when they're younger and they're perhaps feel very isolated at times from from others and how their mindset is and so mm -hmm. it's nice that you were it was nurtured for you in the right way at an earlier yeah. age rather than having you have to fight your way through um so many challenges and, and ways that try to prevent you of that so i think that that's really nice that you had a chance to have that happen in such a, uh, a positive way for sure and you know it's interesting as well because um my mom she is very spiritually inclined now she never she, she, it wasn't like she was teaching me about crystals or metaphysics or anything like that it was just her nature and she did have a very interesting childhood where our i come from a lineage of mediums i do not claim that i'm a medium or anything but i come from a lineage of that so my mom experienced a lot you know they used to live in a canal house in amsterdam and um my her grandfather so my great grandfather was a medium but he also towards the end of his life became an alcoholic so when he was an alcoholic the spirits would come flying into this house and my mom experienced a lot of very intense things so she knew she was very open and then when she was about 30 she traveled to south america and backpacked for like a year or so by herself yeah with group without group but mostly by herself and maybe this was a different time as well but she uh that's how she met my dad as well but um she had some experiences there that you know were phenomenal so I did grow up sitting you know all my friends would sit around my mom and she would you know tell her experiences that she had with like what I call it an alien experience more so a UFO experience um in Peru and once when she was young in Amsterdam so my mom was kind of like super beloved and all my friends would gather around her because we were kind of allowed to explore anything nothing was strange nothing was weird nothing was judged um and lots of questions were asked so it was very very open and I think that is also a very Dutch thing you know not to say that people wouldn't kind of ridicule you but my generation was really open-minded and um just didn't really know you know was curious and and um yeah, neither of my parents had a religious background. Their parents did, but they were very just open. Let's put it like that. Well, I mean, it's curious to me, though. I mean, if you think about someone living in Amsterdam and wanting to go backpacking and having incredible mountain ranges just there in Europe, like the Swiss the Alps, yeah. right? Going through Austria and Switzerland and, and all the Pyrenees, like there's some beautiful mountain ranges you could spend enormous amounts of time with. But that area doesn't have the same energetic spiritual nature that the Andes and the areas of Peru and Bolivia have. So I'm just curious um, what, what brought her there, but also people don't just go for a year to backpack. <laughs> no, so what, what, what it happened? was a crisis. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know people that are watching that know astrology. I'm an astrologer just for fun. Um, she was in her Saturn return. So usually between the ages of 28 and 31, big crisis happened. She came out of like a nine year long relationship. She used to have a pub in Amsterdam, had to sell that and was just like, I don't know, I need to go somewhere and find myself or find, you know, I don't know, discover the world. And she was always very adventurous. She still is. And so um, she said when she was going through, um, you didn't have internet yet, you know, she was going through magazines and Bolivia came and Bolivia and Peru, and she just knew that that's where she had to go. And, um, and yeah, and so she went and had, you know, this incredible experience, met my dad uh, one night, I believe, and then became, they started writing each other. And then a year later or so, I was conceived in New York. <laughs> and that was, you know, and my mom thought she couldn't have children, which was interesting as well, because they had been trying and nothing was physiologically in the way. Um, and um, from what they told me, if they're watching, they told me they use double protection. They're kind of open. So I was just, you know, my mom said that was very poignant for your soul because you were like, I will be born now with this father and this mother. <laughs> so yeah interesting well, it's, it's really interesting though how someone like her already has all those spiritual medium mm -hmm. capacities and then she goes to a place like bolivia and then you get this merging of these two different aspects um do you think that's what really what made you who you are yes and also i think a big part of who i am is always feeling 
like a foreigner, like maybe not a foreigner, but feeling alien. And I, 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 I mean, I'm joking about that. I feel like a lot of people, and especially in the spiritual community, there's so much focus on star seeds and things like that. And, and that's not something obviously I was aware of growing up. But everywhere I went, whether I was in, when I was in Bolivia, I looked very white. I had to speak, learn to speak the language. I looked different. Um, you know, my mom was like the blonde woman, even though she's like not blonde, blonde tall woman. Cause she, you know, she's like medium height, she's got brown hair. So it's like, we were very different there. Moved to uh, Amsterdam when I was five or six, like couldn't speak the language. I picked it up rather quickly, but um, looked totally different. You know, the Netherlands mostly now it's more mixed, but you know, it's mostly blonde giants and there's me looking different. Then uh, at 18, which we'll get into as well, I moved to London to study as an actress. And again, I was like the Dutch girl I got, and I got to the US, somehow still had the accent. And now I'm the British girl, even though I'm not British. So it's like always like wherever I go, there's something exotic and alien and different and um obviously since working at Gaia I felt much more at home you know and I've been blessed to always have little pockets of community but initially until I was I would say about 20 it was kind of uh yeah I always felt like very different and of course I went through a couple of phases of, of bullying like intense bullying y'all do and, yeah exactly uh, but always also kind of feeling like at home within myself it well, was alienating, but at the same time, there was a sense of a sense of knowing in an unconscious, subconscious way that I was okay with myself within myself. Yeah. And I gotta say, like when so when you and I met, it was like I started discussing like lost civilizations and binary stars and consciousness. And you were just like right there, right there with me. And I was always impressed that you have a very significant um, knowledge base about all of this. So how did, how did that aspect of, of actually being going from curiosity to actually studying these things and turning them into the core of who you are in your life? Um, where did, where did, where does that come from? And who are some of the best influences do you think that, that brought you there? I think that there's two significant moments that I remember as a teen, but the most significant moments come later. But I remember being in philosophy class and our teacher introducing us to Spinoza's view um, in Spanish, we say cosmovisión, so cosmic perspective, like cosmic vision. Um, ah, interesting. Cosmovisión, yeah. So there, you know, Spinoza's perspective on God, right? And that Einstein, that was the God that he believed in, right? And it was very much, you know, they would call it pantheism, but it's essentially me, you know, means the divine is in everything. It's everywhere all the time. It's just the fabric of everything that exists. It's the, it's the creator and the creation at the same time. And when I was introduced to that, I was like, whoa, I was 13 or 14. The second time, like I said, I had astrophysics class. So I remember when um, Einstein's theories were explained. And even though right now, you know, they're, they're in flux and what is actually true in quantum physics has come in. I was obsessed, like so intrigued. And um, I remember crying once I got it and uh, thanking my teacher and saying, you just changed my life. You know, like you've sparked something inside of me that I can't even express in words. Then later, when I was studying as an actress, and I'll tell you about the moment, uh, probably the most catalytic moment of my life. But a little bit after that, I was um, studying as an actress. I was with a company called Fourth Monkey Theatre Company. It was a pioneering company. They believed that instead of, you know, learning just between walls, as in the traditional acting schools or uh, drama academies in the UK did, they wanted you to learn through experience on stage. and. Um, that resonates with me. I learned through action. I'm very like, you know, and of course we still had classes as well, but that was a moment where we created from scratch. So we did do the classics. We did Shakespeare. We did, um, you know, uh, Brecht. We did uh, Chekhov. We did all the classics as well, but mainly we were creating from scratch as a collective. And so I was geeky. So I always came and everyone was intellectual, you know, so everyone had good philosophical concepts, but I always wanted to take it I guess in their perspective, a little bit too new age, you know, very spiritual. Um, 
but that was definitely a time when I was reading like Einstein's biography and looking into Tesla and just obsessed. I, and I just wanted to have the answers. And at that time I was really looking not just from a spiritual feeling perspective and an intuitive perspective, but I wanted to know the science and I don't consider myself a scientist or anything, but um, I was definitely always interested in theoretical physics. And um, now that we're here, I just feel like I should tell you, the, probably the moment that changed my life. It was unlike anything. And I have, I'm, I am somewhat writing it into the screenplay that I'm on my first, fourth draft of right now. Um, essentially I was, so I was 19. I lived in London. I was studying as an actress and I was volunteering um, for a company called Creatives Against Poverty. So I was volunteering and two times a week, we did workshops for girls, I think between eight and 10, mostly in the Muslim area of London and did like um, play drama and kind of empowerment, you know, specific to girls. So I was a part of that. I love doing that. And um, my boss was also a photographer. And so I'm an actress and I needed headshots and I didn't have any money. So she said, okay, you know, you've been volunteering. I'll take some pictures for you. And she took me to this, what is it called? I think it was called Shoreditch House. And it was a private members club with like, I think like a 10 year wait list, something crazy. And she was a member of it. We went inside, we went upstairs to the rooftop to take a picture. And as we're taking pictures, this man walks by just, it was like, a, you know, you know, when time freezes, he walks by, he was bald, he had these piercing blue eyes, looked at me, and I just like, I didn't know what to do. It's twice my age, walked by, and that was it. And I just kind of tried to regain myself. But in that moment, I was like, I know him. And I don't think I'd had had it in that with that intensity before. So we're continuing on. I'm trying to like, okay, I don't know what that was, you know. Um, we finish the photo shoot. We go into the other area, this, this roof terrace, there's like a, you know, restaurant on top, all these things. And we sit down and that man was walking with somebody else um, that my boss knew. So they come over and they come and talk to us. And my boss was kind of shocked because she knew that other man. And she was like, he's like, like for lack of better terminology, like he used to be a really greedy type of businessman. Like that was the only thing he was interested in. And she couldn't believe, because we, you know, we had a moment together, she couldn't believe what, what he was talking about. And so he starts saying that he's had this experience that changed his life, right? Drinking ayahuasca. Um, and that was the first time I'd heard of ayahuasca. Um, and so they're talking, they're talking, and this man is sitting opposite me. And I don't even know what happened, but something just clicked and connected. And he starts telling me everything. Like the, the, you know, why are we here? Who are we? What is this human experience? Like what, you know, dimensions, everything. And I can't even repeat exactly what he said, but he was like speaking straight to me and it was so intense. And there was so much synchronicity, like moments, you know, where the light would go very intense around him because of how the sun was hitting him. And I was very like, oh my goodness, you know? And then he showed me, a picture and I don't know what made him show it but but it was of a spiral like staircase like it was some type of spiral and I don't know what happened I just break down into tears sobbing looking at this picture and I'm crying and I'm saying I've been dreaming about this since I can remember like this is the earliest memory I have of this spiral what is this spiral so he starts telling me about the spiral of life the mathematics behind it what does it mean what does it imply and I'm so moved because this is literally the like I that's just been coming up in my consciousness through dreams through flashes like and I'm like what is this you know so suddenly I'm in tears and I just hug him and hold on to him and we're both sobbing and crying and my boss is like, what the heck is happening? You know, she's like, this is really weird. She's like, I have a business meeting. I have to go. I'm going to come back and we're going to have dinner here. Do you feel comfortable staying with this man? And I'm like, yes. So him and I go inside and we sit inside and I'm just glued to my seat. Like I'm so, it sounds kind of like, you know, there were moments where I would go into like, I was in this like divine heightened state. And then I would come back and be like, what does this man want from me? Like, you know, all the human fears as a 19 year old girl, I'm like, oh, there's no one here, you know, fear essentially going between love and fear. And 
there was a moment where he he just like he held his hand in front of my heart and something happened where I felt like this crack and I'm again sobbing and he says there's some things that you want to tell me about you know and he knew everything so he knew what had happened, why I started gaining weight at nine years old, what had happened in my childhood, like my grandparents, how everything was related. I have no idea how he knew, but he knew. And he was telling me in a very loving kind of fatherly way um, what was going on inside of me. He said, you know, the, the tension in your shoulder is this, this is this, you know, you're obsessed with your weight and how you look. And that's because of this, this, and this, and the reason that happened. And I was just like, imagine like a 19 year old I'm like what on earth is happening um and then there were moments of like you know very intense healing but also just play because there was a moment where I looked around us and there was literally and I've written this into my screenplay there's literally this like golden pearlescent type of bubble around us and I'm blinking we're not I don't wasn't drinking it didn't take anything and I'm like am I losing my mind like is he hypnotizing me like what is happening and he said you know it was like a frequential thing he was super like kind of joking about it you know and I could scream at the top of my lungs and nobody will hear me and so he did and he was singing and yelling and like super exuberant you know, kind of person that he is and nothing, no reaction. It was literally like we were in this bubble. Your own little reality, huh? Yes. And then he said, now watch this. So the bubble popped. I'm like, what is happening? And he yells and, you know, it's Britain and everybody's like, Shh, you know, be quiet, like very, like keep it down. And I was like, whoa, it was so much. And at this time, seven hours had passed or like eight. Wow. <laughs> yeah like no 10 or 11 hours had passed it had been such a long time and I said I have to I have to go like this is too much for me like I need to go home now so he said okay so we walked outside and it was dark out we're on this rooftop in London and the wind was like blowing like crazy people's holding on to scarves you know it was just like a lot and he turns around and he says you're not done yet are you and I was like no <laughs> you know, I'm not finished we sat down on these, like, you know, the beds by the pool and I'm shivering, freezing. And that's one of the first things he taught me. And one of the things that he continued to teach me is to how to control your own body temperature. So he said, just be warm. Like, you know, he's going into the nature of reality and how to, how to, how everything is the mind and how to work with the mind. And so I felt this heat come from my feet and I became completely warm. I stopped shivering. People are still all around me freezing, you know, and I just like sat and became warm. And he was like, good. And then he's like, okay, I was having such bad stomach ache thinking like, is this like a psychic? Like what is happening? It was so intense for me. And he says, just breathe in. And he taught me this technique with the Lotus inside of me and breathing and, and, and exhaling. And as I exhaled, I saw this like dark green gunky type of gas come out of my mouth. And I'm like, I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of seeing this. I was just pretending like nothing was going on because I was so, my, my world was shaken, but I felt this relief, this release coming out. Right. And then he's like, okay, I think you're ready. We go downstairs, we go down this spiral staircase and he turns around and said, this one more thing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is too much. Like you've literally like tore me open with all my traumas and my family's traumas and like, oh, just so much, you know? And it was very loving because he also gave me flashes of the future where I saw myself as a 40 year old woman and like who I was meant to become. And it was, it was really beautiful. And he said, there's one more thing and I'm 19. So I have like 19 year old issues, you know? And he says, I want, I'm not going to say it. I want you to say it. And I'm like, nope. I'm not saying it very stubborn. And suddenly before I could even say it, I said, I was like, you know, I will never love my boyfriend as much as he loves me. And then went, oh, and I was like, dang it. He's like, well, that's a realization that you've been keeping in for a few years. And I felt so guilty and so in denial because there, you know, he loved me a lot and he was amazing, but there was something that I just knew wasn't meant to be. And I just hadn't been willing to face it. And he said, okay, just let it be. Then we went downstairs and he said, okay, I'm going to make sure that you arrive home safely. I'm like still freaking out. I'm like, is he, what is he trying to do? Like, I don't know, but we were like, it was like a fatherly thing, you know? And he was an architect like my father and he had a daughter and um, he said, I'm going to just take you in the taxi, make sure you come home safe. Cause it was like midnight. 
And I was like, okay. And uh, we get into the taxi and he's sitting next to the driver, Muslim driver. And he's like, you know, this is this a white, Scottish, blue-eyed, exuberant, loud man. He turns to the driver and's like, um, are you Muslim? And this was a time when there was a lot of, you know, discrimination happening and judgment and prejudice. And I see the driver contract. I see him like, oh my goodness, here we go. And within five minutes, they're crying, like holding hands, like chanting. I'm like, what is happening? Calling each other brothers because he was just, I guess my word now would be channeling the words of the prophet and the love and like the core of Islam. And it was just, they became best friends. They're like crying. I'm sitting in the back, like what's happening? You know, I just want to watch Game of Thrones and go back to work tomorrow and like forget about this all. And so we, he, I got dropped off. He stood there. I'm still kind of scared. Like, does he want something? Like, I just couldn't figure it out. He gave me a card. His name was Steve. And he said, whether you're ready tomorrow in two weeks or in a next lifetime, when you need me, I'll be here. And I took the card and was like, okay. And then he just walked off and I got into my apartment, into my flat and was like, I I, I was just beyond anything. So I watched Game of Thrones. It was the Red Wedding episode. I just had to get my mind off. And then the next day I had to go into work and I just was totally different. I couldn't speak to anyone. Like, what am I going to say? And the few, few people I did end up telling, every time I told them the story, which was obviously much more um, intense at that time in my life than now, 10 years later, everybody burst into tears. Everyone was cr instantly crying because they felt the energy of it. Because, you know, there were times where I was like, maybe I was hypnotized. Did someone drug me? Like, I don't know what happened. But no, it was really, really real. And of course, I got terrified because I was 19. I ripped up the card and forgot about it for a year and was like, I'm going to throw that out. I'm going to start my acting training. I'm going to start my drama school. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do all these things and just like focused on the the things that a 19 year old would want to focus on. Right. Um, a year later, um, I did had broken up with my partner at that time, I had addressed some of the things that he had mentioned, uh, like issues with my weight and like the way that I looked at myself again, regular 19 year old girl things of this time, at least. And then, um, I went to have coffee with a friend of mine or someone that would become a friend. And we were sitting outside in the sun at Oxford square in London. And for some reason I had kept this in pretty much for a whole year. I just was like, Nope, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. And somehow he was like, you know, this is my good friend, Tommy he was interested about like my path and like spirituality. He's like, you seem different. Like, tell me about it. And I ended up telling him the story and I felt the presence of this man super intensely at that moment. And it was, there were so many signs and synchronicities. Like he told me sometimes he would go sing with the Hare Krishna crowd to destroy his ego. <laughs> And at that moment, when I started telling the story, the Hare Krishna crowd comes around and like things like that, where I was like, maybe it's time. So I went home after that meeting, I grabbed my old phone because I had saved his number, even though I'd ripped his card, couldn't for the life of me remember his name, couldn't for the life of me remember the things that like he had been telling me about. Uh, and I just, I had just so put it in the back of my mind. I was like, I'm never going to look at this again. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I just, I can't figure it out. Like, what was his name? Like, I don't know anything. And I took a moment, I closed my eyes and I started praying. And I said, listen, like, I'm ready. I'm open. If this is real, like, show me the way, like, you know, I'm, I'm willing. And suddenly it's like, as if like the door was opened, all this, this whole download came in and it was ayahuasca and his name was Steve and this and that. And I heard very clearly, grab your old phone and look for the name of Steve. Cause I'd forgotten his name. And I swear to you, people might laugh, but when I looked before, because I went through the whole thing, the name Steve wasn't even in there. Steve was in there and I was like, I'm going to test this. I'm not going to say who I am. I'm just going to say, actually, no, I, I texted him. I said, hi, this is Julia. We met in Shoreditch House a year ago. I'm ready. And I sent it and I immediately got a response. I know I'll teach you next week. And I was like, what? Yeah. It was crazy. And so this was kind of the beginning of, especially my spiritual practice, because he was a Kriya yoga practitioner. And I remember when I told him, he said, don't believe a single word I say, anything I've told you, do your own research. Like, please let this be your journey. You know, I'm, he was just like a catalyst for me. So do your own research. So I did read the book autobiography of a yogi. 
which is the one that that's the path that he follows read it within a few pages I'm in tears because I feel like I've lived that life or like memories were sparked or witnessed that life or something like that and it was profound and so that's the technique he ended up teaching me and the technique I've been practicing for like eight years among others now but that's a really beautiful story I didn't even I didn't know that and I you know it's um there's so many people that we come across in when we're talking and asking about their path or even personal experiences we have where it is really quite profound how you know, we're born into a life and we we have these strange memories and we have these experiences that make us who we are. We don't know where they come from and we're exploring. And it's almost like we won't get there unless something interjects, right? Someone or something really important. And that's like, that's a beautiful thing because it means that there's some kind of a higher path that's guiding us, right? Yeah. Higher, the higher self, higher beings, spiritual beings, like maybe a combination of many, many things, but there are certain individuals that seem like when they're asking those questions, like you said, your school and the name, this like why thing where those kinds of people who are want to know and they're in there, there's like this deep understanding they have where they, they still need to fill the gaps in, but there's like, there's this understanding there that just has mm-hmm. to be understood in a way where maybe they're, they, they're, they've put their projecting out there into the universe that they want answers, but then that maybe they can't fully get them themselves. And then all of a sudden, this, this catalyst occurs, right? And it comes in many forms for many different people. But yeah. it's interesting t- to look back at that, that that's, it's almost like supernatural and surreal that something like that can happen because that stuff doesn't just happen in life all the time. You don't no. run into Steve on every corner of the street. There's no. not Steve's in every, every library and every grocery store. They're not just all over the place. It's like this moment where you know, he is playing this role of something much greater and higher. And in yes. that, that in influence then profoundly changes someone forever in their life. And, yes. and we, and I like to think like, well, what if that didn't happen? You know, where yes. would we be and where would we be going? And those moments have happened to me as well. And I think many, many others in, in different ways. And we look back at these like really profound moments in it. It's quite beautiful because you realize to yourself, not only does it seem like something that's from something, something greater that it wants you to know and be part of this path, but if you didn't have them, you know, you wouldn't end up where you are. And so it shows you that, like I talk about really interesting, actually, I discuss a lot in, on, on my shows and the different um, talks I do about how in the ancient cuneiform tablets, the most common phrase that is that is ushered and talked about in all these tablets for the Anuna gods and the, the Mesopotamian influences of these great sages and mystics is they mm. call themselves the ordainers of destinies. And I always found that to be so profound where they would describe how there would be some hero that would emerge where someone who was, who was mm. destined for greatness and then they would guide them. Yeah, but it, but it had to be determined that they were that kind of person because they were pushing the limits, whether mm-hmm. or not it's going on these great adventures in life or just going through and trying to find these answers. They all of a sudden become something, something really different that stands out. And, and all of a sudden, boom, their destiny seems to, I guess, the potential of it seems to unfold, but with guidance. Yes, and that's what ordain means to mm-hmm. then basically ordain or guide that destiny to a certain outcome, which means mm-hmm. that we have potentially fluid predetermined destinies that seem to go along with some of us. And if those destinies are great enough, then we get guided. And that's yeah. really beautiful. But it doesn't mean that anyone can't just, that it's only like select couple people. I no. think anyone has that if they are on that path to want to know more and to push the limits of what's possible and to just live this incredible life and all of a sudden it unfolds in front of you because I think that's the whole point of this life is that we're here to experience as much as possible but in the sense of wanting to know why to wanting mm-hmm. to know answers not at the end of the day coming back and being like well I don't know anything still and I didn't figure anything out well you did though you, you yeah. figured out, you're, we're figuring out more and more and more. It doesn't mean that that ends, but yeah. that's what the journey is. That's what the, this great journey, I think we're here is. And so, but here's the next layer to it that I think would be important for maybe you to um, mm. comment on is, is it just about this life or is it really about remembering from another life? Because that it seems to me that there are different kinds of people and everyone is unique in their own way. But there are some people that have these profound understandings of things and they don't know where they come from. 
they, yeah. they seem to just be there. And for me on my journey, my path through the various catalysts, like you mentioned, all of a sudden there's this feeling of when you're learning, it's more of like remembering. And it's a yeah. strange, it's a strange feeling because you're like, somehow I know that in a yeah. way where I, I can put it together in it and I know what it means because it yeah. resonates with something that I already somehow knew. Yes, and exactly. Feeling, and you so, feel yeah. it. Yeah. It's undeniable. So, so, I mean, maybe talk about that in a little bit and maybe talk about how that connects um, to what you've discussed with me a little bit and where you're perhaps have come from mm. some of your past so, lives. My past lives. Yes. Um, I would say there were two significant moments that were that really opened up for me. Um, needless to say, when I started practicing that Kriya yoga technique, which was as soon the first time I smiled because I'm like, I've done this before, you know, like I just remember it. Um, a year or so later, I graduated from acting and uh, received the, again, you're talking about the guidance from, from sometimes real physical people that function as a mentor, at least for a period of time, like Steve. And uh, sometimes I just, there were moments where it's crystal clear where I hear it, you know? So I graduated, I had an agent offer as an actress in London. All the doors seemed to open up for me in that sense. And I heard, you need to move to the US. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, I think I graduated three days. I was in London. Actually, I moved back to Amsterdam within six days. I said, I can't do this. Moved back to London stayed with my friend. And two weeks after that, I heard very clearly, you need to move to the US now. I said, I don't have any money. Like I have offers here. I have opportunities here. It was like in undeniable. You need to go now. It was part of your path. Like, yes, you know, it was what you needed to do. And I felt it because when I booked that ticket, it was like, I can't even describe it to you. Something unlocked where I felt aligned. And those moments that that clearly you know, it happens, but that was a very significant moment where I was like, that was it. And of course my parents are panicking. They're like, what on earth are you doing? You just build up here for like four years. My, I think my dad, I think it's kind of, I think he's used to it by now, but he, I always do things that are like, he's like, wait, what? And I'm like, but it makes sense. To, it doesn't make any sense to him. But I said, but look at my life. It's only improved, right? I've not gone a wrong turn. Not to say I haven't made mistakes, but these big things, when I'm told, I know that's what I have to do, regardless of what my mind thinks. So anyway, so I moved to the US, moved to New York. I was on the plane. I heard you'll never live in Western Europe again. This is it. You have a tie to the land, not the country, but the land here. And you're meant to be here and that's it. So, okay. So I was in, in New York acting, got an agent, got a manager, was auditioning, was doing projects. was enjoying myself. Uh, had a couple of profound moments. I, I kind of call my arrival to the US like the, it was just a, a period of downloading information a lot in one, in a couple months. Um, but I had a significant moment, which is um, where I sat with medicine for the first and only time. This was six years ago. And I was invited to an ayahuasca ceremony. Now, mind you, I'd had previous invitations and it, I didn't, haven't done any other psychedelics or anything. I'm not that I would call ayahuasca psychedelic, but nothing that was mind altering in that sense. DMT, but yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. DMT, nothing like that. So nothing... I just didn't have much of an interest. You know, I, I'm from Amsterdam and like not interested in weed, like not really interested in it. Um, but this was an invitation and everything big in my life comes through invitation. But this was an invitation where I was like, I have to be there and I'm going to go. And so I went and I would say that was because I was asking the question, like, I want to know who I am. And of course I know, you know, I am everything. I'm one with the self, like the self is just reflected into all of us. We're all pieces of like this giant mirror that's been shattered into billions of pieces reflecting back to the source, right? To this light that's doing all of that. Um, so I, I can intellectually know that, but I was like, okay, but who am I? You know, again, I'm young. I'm like, what are my previous lives? Like, what am, what is my purpose here? All these questions. Then that invitation came. And so I went to this ayahuasca ceremony in Brooklyn, out of all places, um, <laughs> and sat and drank a cup. And it was beautiful, beautiful ceremony, beautiful ritual. I had zero fear, zero apprehension. I felt very at home, um, which, uh, you know, later I haven't, I didn't always have. Sometimes I was like, oh, nervous, and therefore I haven't done it again. But this was correct. It felt so right. So I drink and I'm sitting there. And after a while, you know, I realized that it doesn't matter if I close my eyes or open them. And I see I'm seeing all these geometrical patterns. That's how it starts, which is, you know, not unusual. And suddenly I start getting really, really, really heavy. 
I feel like this body becoming this like block. I feel the density of my body. And out of like the distance, I start hearing this sound, which is like the sound of ohm. I hear ohm, ohm, ohm. And it's getting louder and louder as if it's encroaching me and it's coming into me. And suddenly I feel like I'm vibrating. It becomes me. And I feel like a hand goes down into the center of my being and rips me out. My hair and rips me out. I'm going through this tunnel of light, right? Very classical, going through this tunnel of light, arrive into this like blinding wall of light. And I hear cheering, cheering. And I look around and all the people that I love and people even that I have bullied me or have harmed me in some way kind of playfully revealed themselves as, hey, I helped you and we're actually friends, you know, it was very healing and it's, it's a timeless realm. So it felt like so much happened, but it was like instant, you know, like so beautiful. And I ended up, you know, I was in this beautiful realm. I see fractals and, and Shiva dancing and like all these beautiful, beautiful visions. And um, all my loved ones are there and after a while they dissipate right and I'm in this realm um, having a great time and I first I see the earth so I see this projection of the earth and I realized in that moment why we use things like flowers or candles to anchor into the room because the room was literally like this this piece suspended in the fabric of space-time this room that we were in and there was we were just tiny and it was you know the whole I saw like realities everywhere and so I'm honing in on the earth and it's like I'm an antenna and I start hearing all the sounds of the earth. Again, I wrote this into my film, but I hear the sounds of the earth. So I hear like Arabic women wailing. I hear whale song. I hear like the symphony of the duality of the earth, right? All the most beautiful sounds, children's laughter, you know, beautiful things and the most horrific things. And I'm sitting there watching this planet and just sending love, right? This realizing oh, like I'm not from here. That was the first time I had that full realization, not even a realization. It was just like, this is, this is, this is my knowing. I'm not from here. This is a beautiful place. And like, look at us, including myself, creating these loops of experiences, you know, yeah. but there was no judgment because before I think in the past, I would get frustrated with things and the state of the world and like all these things. And it was a place of arrogance, really, you know, and ignorance at 20 something years old. And there was no judgment. It was just this love emanating to this place. Um, and every time I feel like I got zoomed out into like a higher state of reality and suddenly emanated from my being, from my heart, I saw all these different timelines, right? All these lives, but they were simultaneous. There was no, I mean, of course we know this, but like I saw Egypt, I remember seeing the pyramids, and I remember seeing specific lives and seeing myself and hearing my names in these different eras. And it was so interesting because I could dip into them and like be aware in one of these worlds and look through those eyes of that life and that time period and then zoom back out and see all this projection, right? All around me in this in this circle of lives and experiences. Um, so I saw a lot in that in that experience got zoomed out even higher. I don't even know how to describe it and was able to like, I don't even know how else to describe it, but be the creator. Of course we are, but again, intellectual. And again, I was able to dip into a lioness. I remember just choosing experiences and being this lioness running over the savannah and being able to like the consciousness would retreat back out and then I would be a condor flying over the Andes and it would retreat back out. And I'd be this, this gigantic tree in the Amazon breathing and feeding on light and be able to come back out. And then finally, I was pulled into this state where I felt like I was constantly like getting lost in like all the realities of the universe, not lost, but exploring. And then there'd be a moment where I'm like, oh, it's me. And it was literally like looking back at myself and realizing I am the creator yeah. and then going into another one and enjoying my time there. And I'm being like, oh my goodness, it's me. And this is all it is. And that obviously like changed my life too. Um, it was just a profound, profound experience. Um, so that was the first peek into who I'd been in different lives. But the one that really, again, shook me to the core was a month, know, a couple a couple of days after that. It's a beautiful experience, though, I just want to say. It's 
it was, you know, I can resonate with a lot of that. And I just, that, that is, that's a beautiful thing. But anyway, yeah. What's was, what was the next experience? So I came out of that experience and, um, I had met who is now my husband a month earlier. Right. And I'd asked, I'd gone into the ceremony asking questions like, who am I meant to be with? Who am I meant to become? And actually there was a moment as well towards the end where I was shown this like fractal type of like, would I call it like, I don't even know. It was a geometrical object, maybe a Merkaba or something. Of course, I didn't have the name for that then. And they said, go through this tunnel and you, you'll see your future life. So the life that I'm in now. And the, the masters and the teachers that had been with me, that had guided me, were in this long, two long lines, looking in and bowing out of respect. And I went through this cube and I saw my whole life flash by this life and saw myself die and then come back into this realm. So I just, it was amazing. And I can't, you know, I can't pinpoint, there were a couple of things that I remember, but it was more so the feeling, you know, even though it was very literal, I saw it like a movie. Um, But now I can only recall the feeling and the sense of reassurance, you know? Anyway, I came out of this experience, came out of the ceremony. It was the 4th of July and I'm walking on the streets of Brooklyn. And I realize, you know, this man that I'd met, I was just like, I love him. Even though my experience had nothing to do with him. I was like, I love him. And so I texted him and he was like, great, you know, like let's spend some time because we had only met once. And so it was when I was with him, when I came to visit, because he lived in New Jersey and I had to leave the city, New York city. And um, we sat in front of each other that first evening and just looked at each other. And I'm like, how, how romantic were eye gazing, you know? And as I'm looking at him and I've seen that I had seen this like gen- like lightly before where suddenly the physical structure turns into light and I see the light structure on top. But with him, it was like profound. And I kept hearing the, his name um, from a previous life where we'd been connected. And I heard his name and I heard his name. And after it became so loud that I, I was just like, I have to tell you, like, do you know who you are? Because this is your name from a previous life. And he knew. So he was like, okay, you see me. And then I heard another name and it started as if someone was mumbling, like in a different room in the background. And it became louder and louder because I'm just conversing with him and it became louder and louder. And I was told my name and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, and I told him, And it was so like, you know, like I just met him. Like, I don't know you. This is very, very intense. And so we're looking at each other and I see his his physical structure. It's like fading into the background. The light structure comes to the front and it was like flash, 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 showing me this is who I've been. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am from different lifetimes. And he was seeing me at that same time too. Again, I'm thinking like, did someone drug me? Like what is happening? And just like flashing, flashing, flashing. I hear names, memories start coming back. And it was like cellular, you know? It was so intense because there had been some somewhat traumatic experiences, you know, that we'd experienced together that just, again, had me in floods of tears. Because when you download this type of stuff, of course, it comes through emotion. So all these memories are coming back through emotion and I'm sobbing and like hearing these names. And I was a completely like unsuspecting, like I thought we were going on a date. Like, I don't know what happened here. And it was so, so, so intense. And that's when a lot of my previous lives came through. And I remembered what I did, the work I'd done. He remembered even more about me because he's very, very um, insightful, but it resonated. You know, as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, I just felt that, you know, and so that was that was a big time. Um, and since then, in increments, I've had moments like that where suddenly I'll remember something from a previous life. But I don't have access to, it's not like I know them all in a linear fashion. You know, I know like the big civilizations, like, and I think that this is the case for most of, I mean, for all of humanity at the moment, because I do feel like we incarnate in these groups, right? And so, you know, there's been many ancient, ancient civilizations, as you know, But I think there's a reason that a lot of us do feel connected to like ancient Egypt or Atlantis, because I feel like we were all there, you know, and we carry that with us. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I, and I feel very much the same way. And the more that you study, um, you more do you study cycles, like the Zodiac cycles and the ages of transition, you know, us going from Pisces to Aquarius, that transition is always a transition of polarity. It's a transition of going from one state of an energy to another state, and they're never the same. 
those states change in their energetic energetic vibration and their purpose. And really everyone knows where we're going in Aquarius. I mean, it's been sung for years and years and years. Like everyone's talked about it is, it is this return. It's yeah. not going somewhere we haven't been. It's a return. It's a return to a golden age that once existed. And when you, when one um, does research into golden ages, you learn that that golden age was Atlantis and Egypt. That was the golden age that had existed before where we had reached a certain state of society and consciousness on the earth mm-hmm. that we had this incredible moment and then it was all destroyed. And then we had a, a, a great set of catastrophes come through, you know, Plato and Solon and Diodorus talk about the ancient temple priests from Sais in Egypt that discuss how there have been many of these different cycles of catastrophe that have essentially wiped out this this great global time, this golden age to then start us over again and have to, and then return again to that. And really you, you mentioned with groups, I think is very much spot on where there are these groups of beings that have been here many lifetimes that have reached certain higher states. And then I think they choose to come back at di- different transitional periods. As, yeah. we, as we transition into, um, into this time of Aquarius, it, those transition moments are when those guides are needed most. When those sages and those mystics and those who are coming back to teach lessons and inspire, that's when we, they all come. It's like a, it's like a great conscious party, right? All of a sudden everyone comes down. They're like, Hey, I forgot about you. Right. Nice to see you again. And everyone's here and we're all on this path all of a sudden. And I think that it becomes this synergy of um, projecting what that energy is going to be because those guides are there guiding them into that because that's where we're destined to go. Humanity, everyone looks around the world, all these terrible things happening and they get stuck in all the fear and all the confusion about what's happening. But really all of that is just to slow down and to to not prevent, but to just um, to essentially slow that transition to wake up cold. I think they know it's going to happen. And by they, that can mean many things, but really it's inevitable. And that energy of transition has been destined. And that's why those ordainers of destiny all the way to these ideas of these ages of transition and why we're here. It's because this is what Aquarius is supposed to be. It is finally the return. It's the return of another golden age. And it's such a beautiful thing when we get to be here in these lifetimes and experience these beautiful synchronistic moments where forever we're changed. We can never go back. And that's the whole purpose of why that's so beautiful. I've had that in, in a couple of different experiences on a mountaintop in the mm-hmm. Ossipia Range in New Hampshire once on an old volcano where it was just this very strange moment. When you're in those moments, it almost is like you become in this other reality and the rest of the other reality is like almost doesn't exist. And yes. you're like, what just happened, right? Some download information or some profound vision, which, you know, I've experienced things coming back from like Chichen Itza. Um, mm-hmm. where just these moments where you, it takes you on this out, almost like an out-of-body experience, um, spiritual quest, where you see your past lives and you see these civilizations, but more, more than seeing, you feel it. Feel there's it. this feeling yes. that makes you like profoundly sob. There's this, there's this feeling of that all of what was and is just all exists at the same time. Like you said, all of that is all happening, but time isn't linear. It's all happening in this big loop. And so all those things, even though they seem like in their past, in that moment, they're like all in the same place. Yes. And it showed me exactly what I'm pursuing. Showed mm-hmm. me this connection between the, the serpent and the metamorphosis of the dragon. That is exactly what I had been pursuing the whole time. And it was like, but the question is, people say, well, you're projecting that. But really, you know, you're not because when you're in those experiences, no. you know that you're not the one guiding them. There's no. something else that's guiding them. Yes. And it's like, it wants to encourage what you're already looking into or, or pursuing to then make sure that you're, you're going to stay on that path because that path is supposed to lead somewhere. And exactly. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And it sounds like in very many ways, that's been a, a lot of what has brought you on the, along that way, right? Yeah, it's like I've had beautiful mystical experiences that were intentional, but the ones that I'm sharing with you, I was completely an unsuspecting human, just living my human life and suddenly destiny is altered because of a certain meeting or a certain, you know, and they, you you cannot question them. And that's exactly what you said. There's, I, I you can't go back. 
no. this happened. It's so intense. It's so undeniable. And this is what life is. And now what are you going to do? And if you, you know, were creating them, you could just do them whenever you want it. Yes. But, but the it, fact that you can't shows you that it's not something that you, not in your delusional mind, no. it's something beautiful and something profound that is part of your journey that's been, that's being given to you. Yeah. And it's interesting as well, because there's obviously been times where if I am my full self and I do share stories like these, I've lost friends, you know, because they're just like, uh, but at the same time, you know, years later, they still look at me. It's like, oh, she seems pretty grounded. She seems pretty happy. She seems like pretty like worldly successful. Like she's probably not crazy, you know, like. But I'm you like, still impacted them with those stories, even though they didn't necessarily be able to reflect on them and connect with them later on. They're going to stay with them. Yeah, no, I probably scared the shit out of them too. <laughs> Excuse my French. <laughs> but, uh, and that's been admitted to me a few times since, and it's all good. You know, everyone, if I'm not somebody's cup of tea or like I'm meant to be there for just a moment, you know, that's, that's all perfect to me. And um, yeah, it's just been a wild ride and it's hard not to believe uh, in magic, you know, because I've lived it. I didn't have to seek for it. It found me and it's, it's just everywhere. And therefore, I don't know, I feel like reality is so effervescent effervescent you know with with these potentialities of these amazing amazing experiences and um i feel very grateful because i feel very guided in my purpose you know it's been very very clear like working at gaia two years ago almost two years ago i just came in meditation i just heard you need to work at gaia i'm like okay i don't know how to make this happen i don't know exactly of course i loved gaia you know i I'm, a, you know, I make, I'm interested in making film and theater and I've been a writer. So obviously it makes sense, conscious media. That's what I wanted to do. But to hear it that clearly from somewhere outside of myself and to just like figure out how to do it. And then it happens. It's like some things are just, they're just destiny, you know? That's beautiful. And I think that more people should believe in magic and destiny and believe in who they are and that incredible things, these synchronistic impossibilities, they happen all around us if we believe in them and we believe in ourselves, and we don't allow all these, um, these things around us that influence us in a negative way to control us. And we rise above that. And I think everyone has the potential of that. And I think that's the whole purpose of where we're going is that the magic is returning and people don't think it's magic is real. Ancient tablets from the Sumerians, Akkadians, Babylonians, all the way to the, the Sanskrit and the ancient Hindu writings to the Maya and the Aztec, every single one of them talked about this magic that's real, not sleight of hand magic with cards, but this yeah. magic that exists between our own conscious intention and destiny and this manipulation of reality through our own intention of wanting and our own intention of, of making better and asking these questions, there's this magic that gets created. And in the end, like you said, we truly are these incredible conscious co-creators of reality who have simply forgotten that. And we've exactly. simply forgotten our power. And when you look around at the world and what people are doing, it's, it's sad and, um, it can be a little bit depressing at times to, to think like, oh, like, what are they doing? Why they could be doing this, but they're going to get there on their own terms. Exactly. And we're going to, we're going to all get there eventually, but it just takes time. And I think that's what's so beautiful about transition to an age is that I've had a lot of friends, certain people that you maybe went to school with earlier, who at one time had looked at you like you were crazy. You told them these things, right? Yeah. And, and now and they're like, they're like what? And then all of a sudden something happens. Like mm -hmm. down the road, then they start looking into it and then they change mm -hmm. and not at the same time as you, but perhaps that's what this resonance of our conscious energy and how we, this aura we have of influencing other people through a certain vibration and ideas and, and this, this passion where it's all happening, unfolding at different moments, but it's all, it's all happening. People are all changing at different levels. And I think that people people listening to this, you know, some, some people are having a lot of challenges and they're going through tough times with the state of the, the world around us, but really this is an incredible journey. And I really do believe that everything that I've looked at and studied and everything I feel and I see is that this is the most amazing time to be here rather yeah. than being like, Oh, my, my little life, you should be like, I'm here in, in like the greatest party of the great transition. It's like, we're all, we're all here. Experience like experience it. Yeah. What is about to be this return to this higher state of consciousness that is going to change everything around us. And here's the thing though, this is the most beautiful thing. 
is that that other golden golden age ended in a disaster. Okay. okay. And it's, there's other, other times where these disasters have occurred, but everything that I've studied, everything that I've been shown and everything that I look at around me screams the same thing, whether the ancients are, are singing it with the songs of ayahuasca in the jungle, or whether it's some prophecy that comes to you when you're in that moment and you're, and you're looking at everything is that this is the one, this mm -hmm. is that age of humanity that makes it further than yeah. we've ever made it before. Yes. And that's exactly. such a beautiful thing to be part of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've always had this sense of excitement and gratitude because it's like, if, if everything, you know, and in some places, of course, in the universe, this is the case, but if everything was light, say everything was just light and, you know, there's no purpose, right? No. And I'm not saying like, let's keep creating darkness, but essentially that's what the universe is doing in order for you, for your light or say humanity's light to shine bright and to illuminate and spark, there needs to be darkness, right? Yeah. You can never know what light you carry or what light you can create if there's no darkness on which you can do that, you know, you can't, you know, you can't, I don't know, like write with white crayon on white paper and properly see what you've created, right. Or yeah. properly see what you've contributed. So you we're coming into this world with this sense of wanting to be of service, this sense of like wanting to contribute. And this is a beautiful time because tons of things need to be fixed, but at the same time, so many people are waking up and yeah, I just feel like this is exactly, this is the time where everyone's coming together and um, illuminating their gifts and illuminating what they've come to contribute. And there might finally be some space for that, you know? Yeah. And I want people to encourage people to recognize that it's not for no reason. We're not going to get to another point. I feel mm -hmm. very strongly that like, like I just said a minute ago, we're not going to get to this point only to start over again. This no. is the one where we make it, we make it farther than we've ever made it before. And that's mm -hmm. why people need to to rise up and realize that they're all contributing to this. And that mm -hmm. we're all part of this great journey, this cosmic journey through the, the sea of the universe, where we're going to reach this greater stage that is yeah. going to show us things that we've never seen before. And it's about the return. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a journey of returning. And that's, what's so amazing and beautiful about it. And I just want to say, thank you for coming on to tell people that and remind them of that through those powerful stories, because I think those are what help to be those triggers in others, right? Then right. they have, some shared experiences like that, that then they resonate with, it makes them stronger. And I think that when you can provide that powerful spark of your own um, experiences towards that, and then inspiring others and changing all of this around us, it really, truly, it really has an impact. And so yes. I want to just, um, I want to go ahead and we can wrap things up, but I want you to, to share with people what you're, what you're doing um, and what you're going to do here going forward um, in, in your, your time right now in this part of your, your incarnation in this life. And then, yeah. um, and then just share some of the, some of the ways that people can contact you and follow some of your work. Amazing. Yes. All right. So um, I'm, let's start with the simple. So you mentioned, of course, and I've mentioned that I'm an actress, but I'm also a writer. I'm working on my first project, which is a screenplay. I'm being mentored by an Oscar-winning producer, writer, director that I'm very grateful for. And um, that's going really, really well. And the purpose with anything that I aim to create, which is mostly going to be conscious media, it's going to be film, it's going to be video um, and fiction, which is, you know, I'm a guy, but I mostly want to do fiction and create these epic spiritual adventure features that are entertaining and enchanting and that have these let's say this, this cosmic perspective, right? This cosmovision, this, I, these philosophies embedded in them, but in a way that it's hidden, you know, in a way that it's just, it's implied in the world rather than that you're being lectured to. So I want to do it in a very fun way in an uplifting and inspiring way, but essentially to share these, these feelings of optimism and faith that are really um, rooted in the esoteric truths. I'm going to use the word truth because that is my truth. Um, and share them like that. So working on a screenplay, working at Gaia, um, I started recently a, um, a small project it's called The Cosmic Perspective. And it's right now it's on Instagram. It's my baby Instagram. It's brand new. And it's just sharing videos about, you know, some of these questions. And none of this has been, um, let's say it hasn't come from the intellect. Again, it was a moment where I was told you need to 
do this. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I close my eyes. I hear exactly the theme or the question and just go and speak from the heart. Don't speak from the mind. Don't try to plan this. Don't speak from the ego and just share because these messages might, you know, the vision that you have or the, the, the information that you have, or the, even just the way that you might present it might uplift, might inspire and might empower one person. And that is everything, you know, like that, that should be everything. So that's what I'm being driven by at the moment. Um, ultimately, I want to create a new story, you know, through uh, conscious media, through um, spiritual fiction filmmaking, which hasn't really been done yet or hasn't really been done in a way where even the mainstream's like, oh, this is a fantastic film or this is, you know, where it's generous to everybody and not just, for example, to our communities, which are the spiritual communities that watch Guy and that watch your podcast. Of course, they, they will get it and love it, but also to be generous to people who are like I don't have a clue and to, to to weave them in in a way where it feels welcoming and fun and where you can kind of also poke fun at all philosophies because we need to have fun right we need to keep a, a perspective so yeah that's the goal it's to create uh, conscious media with uplifting inspiring um, feel-good spiritual messages still willing to go deep and face the shadows that we face whoever I'm writing about individually, but also collectively and, um, and to uplift the frequency through those projects. So that's, that's what I'm working on. I love being a Gaia. Um, I love this intersection of spirituality and creativity that we, um, get to work on here and also beyond in my other projects. So I'm in a lot of momentum. I'm in my Saturn return. So there's a lot of change and a lot of doors opening, but it feels very exciting. And most of all, I just, want to be of service you know i want to contribute to this evolution of human consciousness and i'm going to use my gifts which are filmmaking and writing and acting perhaps and speaking to do that so yeah well, that's really that's really beautiful and thank you so much for sharing your story i think it's going to inspire many and i just want to tell everyone um i highly recommend you follow julia she has a phenomenal website called consciousperformerscollective.com and her uh she's a youtube page the cosmic perspective and an instagram at the cosmic perspective so please i encourage everyone to follow her work she's got a lot of wisdom and she's a lot to contribute and and has contributed and will contribute in the future and so i just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and talking to me julia it's always been a pleasure and yeah. um i hope we can do it again sometime okay Yes, that sounds wonderful. And thank you everyone for watching. And thank you, Matt, for holding this container and give me the opportunity to share and to, to connect and to have fun. Well, thank really you so much. And I will talk to you again. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you next time on the next Mastermind Discussion.